Welcome to the Business Diaries podcast, where we uncover the stories that shaped the business owner. Brought to you by Lisa Settle and Isla O'Hara. Hello and welcome to the Business Diaries podcast. In this special edition, we will review the wonderful storytellers that we've heard from this year. My name is Chris Pollard, and I'm joined by your usual hosts, Lisa Settle and Isla O'Hara. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. I think it's fair to say that we, well, we can all agree that in this busy, hectic, some would say crazy world of social media, we often shorten things with acronyms or give things a hashtag. Mm. Uh, hashtags uh, have become part of our daily life. And they are a good way of completely summing up uh, a situation, certainly in my opinion. Mm. So given the stories we've heard throughout 2022, I've come up with some hashtags here and thought it would be fun to allocate a a hashtag to each of the guests and their particular story. How do you both feel about that? Yeah, up for that. Sounds like a bit of fun. Absolutely. Let's go for it. Good, good. Yeah, I, I agree. It sounds like fun. And uh, let's let's go for it. OK, so the first hashtag I've come up with is hashtag that's Ford. Lisa. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's easy. That relates to Katrina, Katrina Festerazzi. Katrina came in to us. I think she was our May podcast. Actually, it was a frightening situation. She had the situation at work that came about. It was really amazing how you could find yourself in a situation like that, that easily escalated. For Katrina, it did escalate very quickly and led to the threat of prison, in fact. So something really, really frightening. Fortunately for Katrina, she was tipped off by another member of staff and it highlighted what was going on to her she couldn't believe it she was completely gobsmacked by the situation and completely scared and even though that's over now she still is haunted by it and is scared that there's that little likeliness of it coming back and something rearing up about that so she was very open with us and she told us how she was able to stand up to what was potentially fraud and and deal with it and it was a really interesting conversation and something that I think people should listen to because you just never know when you might get into a situation like that Mm. yeah I I, it it must be a dreadful situation to be in as you quite rightly say I've had to deal with a situation you know a situation uh, to do with fraud uh, myself and um it's when you don't know that it's going on and when it happens to you personally, I have no idea what that must feel like. And I'm very sad that uh, Katrina is probably, it's just sitting there very quietly on her shoulder. Uh, but thank heavens uh, she didn't go to prison. I think that's... She's, she's a very get up and go girl, Katrina. And, you know, that just highlights to me how easily it can happen because I would say that not much passes Katrina. Um, and but you know she did she she was she was lucky to have that tip off from another employee um, and Katrina said you know really once she had that tip off she realized that actually you know you trust the situation don't you you think it's it's everything's okay but she said she, there were a few red flags that that sort of pointed her to 
uh, actually, yeah, that probably wasn't right. People were leaving and, you know, she was just focused on her job and what she was doing. And she, she was uh, she was enjoying her job, wasn't she, Isla? She, she you know, completely loved it. And, um, yeah, so she was she was lucky, but, yeah, but it wasn't a very good It was a real situation. story of having the courage of your convictions as well because she was so young when it happened to her and she mm. was having to have some really quite frightening, you know, stressful difficult conversations with the people around her and to have to have the courage to do that and face that head on at her age it's really quite quite inspiring and i suppose one could say that katrina is resilient absolutely that isla brings me to my next hashtag which is hashtag resilience (laughs) <laughs> oh, I think for me, you must be referring to the lovely Hilary Lees. Yes. And she oh, shared, her her story was particularly interesting because it's almost a story in two halves. The story started when she found, when she was young, I think she was must have been seven or eight years old. She found a box of letters uh, in the attic. And uh, she describes reading these letters and they tell the story of almost two different personalities of her mother and her grandmother and she tells how she went downstairs she was full of that childlike excitement running downstairs showing the letters to her mother and her mother who was sewing you know she she describes her mother sitting at a sewing machine and her mother's reaction is not how Hillary would have expected at all her mother is angry um so Hillary is shocked and then it's not until sort of almost the second half of the story where Hillary takes us and she's much older she's doing her training as a mental health practitioner with the NHS And in her training, she looks back on this instance and she finds that this moment in time summarises so much and explains so much of how her mother treated her as a child, how her grandmother treated her mother, and then how Hillary's behaviour as a child modifies and and sort of works around the moods and the behaviour patterns of her mother. and. She looks back and she reflects on some of the things that she did, like she describes obsessively counting coat hangers in her wardrobe as a child Mm. and how these little things. And when she's 20, she understands because she has the knowledge of an adult to understand what was happening to her as a child and how her coping strategies as a child, you know, moved into her as an adult. And I think that... Um, another hashtag for this episode for me would be what uh, hashtag what we resist persists because he yes. says that if you yeah. have these mm. not trauma that's too much of a dramatic word but you have these instances that shape and form your behavior as a child they go with you into adulthood and mm. sometimes they're not particularly constructive and we all have these voices in our heads these saboteurs as she calls them but we can as adults do a lot of work on our saboteurs to shape our reactions and our processes and you know we can reframe the way our brain thinks and it's it's absolutely fascinating so it's it's a a very interesting as i say story of two halves how something happened as a seven-year-old and then older and and we we have seen that in other um i think in other podcasts as well where we have that sort of generational trauma yeah. That, that comes along, haven't we? But yeah. I think that I mean resilience is the perfect hashtag for Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. Although we could we could 
we could sort of attribute that to other people as well that we've had yes. on. But I, I don't think Hillary actually realises how blooming resilient she's been. I think she, you know, I think I she's think, remarkable. I think we all build up resilience of some form in our mm. life. Uh, maybe it's resilience to something that's happened when we're younger. <clears throat> and I've just written down a hashtag, imposter syndrome. Mm. And I think yeah. sometimes... It is good to have a little bit of that imposter syndrome because imposter, imposter syndrome to me is about awareness of what we can achieve and what we can't. And uh, perhaps there was a recent politician who could have thought about that, being more aware <laughs> of what was actually now, required now. <laughs> as opposed to what to having an idea, which in the long run may have been great, but it wasn't just the right time. <laughs> Anyhow, moving on. <laughs> uh, Lisa. Um, my next hashtag is sustainable future. Oh, I think I'm jumping in on this one. Well, yeah, I'm going to I think, they, oh, oh, I, think I think this this well, it clearly relates to an episode in July, I believe, um, with Martin White, who is a business entrepreneur and founder of the Green Business Hub. So our whole episode, which I think might have been one of our longest of this year, but there was so much in here. <laughs> um, because Martin's mission now is to inform and encourage companies to adopt more sustainable practices and choices and 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 I think that the the conversation about our environment and what we're doing to our planet I mean it's around us all all the time I mean at the time we're recording this it's COP27 um but I think what's interesting about this is how Martin talks about drawing on his previous experience as a busy advertising executive and the hustle and bustle of that world and the, and the money and, and, and just all of that world and how he takes experiences from that world and the values that he created and he learned. And he takes that into his own business and how he shapes and incorporates that. And he incorporates his business story and his values into talking about your passion and your purpose mm. and how if you do that, it differentiates yourself from your competition and allows you to stand out and creates an identity for yourself and your business. And then on top of that, we the, the, the conversation then you know moved on and we talked about sustainability and how we can all make small changes and incrementally these small changes can add up to make a really big difference and it's such a valuable valuable episode and I would encourage anyone uh who's interested or even if they want to make changes in their business to listen to this episode because Martin shared so many ideas mm. and tips that we can all implement whether it's in our home or in in our business mm. um to taking care of our world not just for the benefit of our own business and having a higher purpose but Asking our clients what's important to them and our suppliers and our employees and yeah. taking yeah. action. I, I agree with you. I think it is about all of us individually taking responsibility and just doing a little to help the planet. And yeah. I wrote that, down That's there, a good start. Yeah, I agree. And, and I wrote down there one of the many things that uh, Martin mentioned is about each of us having a passion and a purpose in what we do every day, and if that's in your work. I think someone's passion comes over uh, the world that I move in nowadays, the community, and I look at the work that's being done amongst the community. And the first word that comes to me, and I'm going to use a hashtag, humble. The second is, is hashtag passion. 
And the mm. third, then, then their salary comes along. And, um, yeah, passion and purpose, I think, are key. So that... I think that comes with wisdom as well, doesn't it? Well, there is that, older, yes. You, you, you kind of, yeah. Yeah, you're I'm, right, I'm... wisdom. So there's another hashtag. Yeah. Life is full of hashtags. It is, it certainly <laughs> is, especially today. I'm now throwing out another hashtag. It's all in the process. Oh, well, that's that's my friend Kirsten. She, she and she would happily say that she is a process geek. She she admitted that <laughs> openly. So I'm not offending her at all. But she she's very much into processes. And Kirsten has a wonderful way of seeing things very clearly and very straightforwardly. And it kind of it rubs off on you. I love listening to her. But she she shared a story that she'd actually shared at the Business Diaries Live event. And that was um it was it started off in a supermarket and it was all to do with going to choosing the self-service checkout or going or queuing and waiting to be um served by a human. And we were talking about the differences about the automation and about the human. And the thing is with Kirsten, and there's there's pros and cons, and funnily enough, since lockdown, my view on both of those, uh, you know, the self-checkout, I never used to go to the self-checkout, but in lockdown, I created that habit. And, and so I see both sides of the coin now. But Kirsten is very much about she doesn't want to get rid of new technology or automation. She wants it to improve the process so that humans can do their bit. And their bit being that communication, that encounter with each other that we can't do without, mm. just simply can't do without. So, um you know, it, it was a great story. She was telling us about how um, she always queues and she likes to interact with the checkout lady. And the this particular day, a an elderly lady was in front of her and she stopped and she had a chat. And, you know, she she came in every day and bought something small, but it was so that she could clearly chat to the checkout mm. cashier because that may have been the only person she was talking to on a daily basis. So, you know, it it just highlighted how important that was. But, you know, I mean, that was just the beginning of it. That was the story. But the discussion went on and Kirsten was telling us, you know, how processes can help us all in life and certainly in small businesses where the business owner keeps everything in his head and then it's very difficult for the employees that he starts to employ as they go along to do their job because he's keeping it in their head. And she likens it to um, to a score sheet, music. You know, she's saying, if you've got an orchestra, you can't say, so I've got this fantastic tune I want you to play. But how are they, if you don't write it down and give them the, the, the music, the score sheet, then they can't play it. So... She she talks us and walks us through it all, and she has some fantastic insights. And processes are most definitely so not just useful but vital in business if you want to move on to bigger and better things. 
I, I think, yeah, I, I would agree with it. But I think also it, it, looking at it from a wider aspect, process is important in our everyday life. And, mm, and if you absolutely. think about it, from the moment we get up to the moment we go to bed, there are certain processes, whether it's cooking, whatever you're doing, cleaning, ironing, there is a process. And it is interesting, to, you know, one of the, the, the many points you raised there was that um, someone who's starting a business, they've got it all in their head, but they don't necessarily think about someone else who's going to actually have to take over and start doing that aspect of the job. And in order to do that, they need to understand the process that you you want to put in place. And exactly. it's just something I'm looking at at the moment again, you know, with, you know, with the, the charity I'm setting up. And I'm now beginning to look at the processes which will have to be in place for certain areas of, of, of the organisation. So, yeah. yes, it's, um, it's very interesting. And hashtag process geek. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the process, yes, definitely. Isn't it just? And you can never stress that enough. So that brings us on actually to a very apt hashtag at the moment, bearing in mind what's been going on in Parliament with one of the MPs over the last uh, alleged uh, challenge uh, problems that's been going on with one of the MPs in Parliament over the last three days, and that is hashtag workplace bullying. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. It is and that relates to Jay Sahota. And Jay came in, I think he was our I think it was our April podcast, was he either? Something around there, wasn't it? It was sort of the first part of the people can't people can't see you nodding, Isla. Yes, <laughs> sorry. Of course they can't see me, how silly. <laughs> but you're nodding very elegantly, Isla. Yes, it's a lovely <laughs> nod. It really is. <laughs> So lovely nods. Yeah, so so Jay is um his senior partner of a law, law firm. He he studied law, he uh read law at Cambridge, and he trained in London, and he was unfortunately bullied by the person he was working for. And it started off as a one-off situation. And he kind of thought that that was that was going to be rectified. It was it was upsetting because it was a um, it was a situation where he his his grandfather died, and Jay is a is a great family man, and he needed to go home to sort some things out because um, you know he had family coming and he needed to be at home. And he asked to go home early. And because going home early, he missed a, a, a meeting, an important meeting. And that didn't go down very well. And he thought that he was going to be met with empathy and sympathy, given the situation. And that wasn't the case. And he, I mean, he even, he says in, in the podcast, he, he felt that, you know, when he, he was upset, and obviously he had the, the the sadness and the grief associated to that, but he thought that, okay, maybe, well, that person wasn't having a good day. I don't know what happens there, but maybe we can move on from that. That's, you know, so he tried to discuss it and to put it with the view of putting it behind him, but unfortunately that didn't happen and it, it kind of made matters worse. And and he then had to bear 
many months after that of 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 being bullied and sort of unreasonable behaviour, and it really, really did make an impact on Jay for many years, uh, both mentally and physically. He put on a lot of weight. Um, he he was yeah really affected by it, and it's it's taken him. He had to seek help to get over that. And it's taken him a, a long time to to speak about it, I think, as well. And it was something that he was really passionate about speaking. He really wanted to get that out. So I think mm. it, it kind of almost felt, I mean, I don't know about you, Isla, but it's almost like bordering on a bit of therapy, wasn't it, to to, to share the story. Um, but it just goes to show that the, the, the effect of workplace bullying and how it gets in your mind. And once it's in there, even long after the incident it, it can still cause problems and I think uh, Isla you mm-hmm. shared a, a similar incident didn't you on that podcast um, I, did, I did it yeah because it just makes you question yourself you know what you mm. know to be true and you know to be right it makes you question these very fundamental fundamental things and I think what was interesting with Jay's story is how it's shaped his values as he's moved on and set up his own practice and, Mm. um, you know, how important a working relationship um, and, you know, interpersonal relationships within, you know, within work and, and, you know, how important that is. Yeah. I mean, the positive was that actually he realised that that's what he wanted to do, set up his own, own practice, become his own boss, but, but also to treat, have the opportunity to treat people with respect in the workplace. So, yeah, very, very important one to listen to if you are suffering because as a lawyer, obviously, Jay gave some tips as well as to how you could handle that. So definitely one to listen to. And um, it's it's a sorry state of affairs that we've we've got that hashtag. But sorry, Jay, We, we can also give you the hashtag of super family man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it is very sad that uh, bullying goes on in the workplace. I think um, I was going to say, thankfully, maybe that's not the correct word. Although, on the other hand, the fact that it's being highlighted today, I think, is important. I think certainly something of of my generation. I'm still very young. I'm just forty five. <laughs> um, it's something that I personally experienced at school. Um. Now, I think maybe my generation became accustomed to hearing about bullying at school, but people talking about bullying in the workplace is only something, correct me if I'm wrong, that has really started to be highlighted maybe in, in, in the last 10 to 15 years, maybe yeah. 20. Yeah. Um, and although it is extremely disappointing that someone who's in a responsible position in Parliament has allegedly been accused of bullying. Nevertheless, I hope it will highlight the importance to people in any workplace to respect the people that are around you Mm -hmm. and that you may want to get your own way. You may feel that your way is the only way, but have the decency to just sit down and talk about, talk it through calmly. Mm-hmm. I think that also that there are some bullies out there that don't recognise that they are a bully, and that's we we talked about that as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people, you know, if you have the courage to go and say, you know, did you know this is how it made you made me feel? 
you know, there are going to be a percentage of people that, you know, I'm, I'm dreadfully sorry, I had no idea. So um, unfortunately that Jay did have the courage um, and it backfired. But, you know, that's not to say that it would for other people. So a lot of what's come out of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and sadly it did backfire, but, but look what he's doing now and, and well done, Jay. Yeah. So that brings us on to, I suppose, another potentially a health problem which can come out of bullying because it can affect, well, as it did with Jay, you know, it does affect your health. And this is hashtag health matters. And when I when uh, we were talking about this earlier, I, it took me back to the early days of my being in the fashion business in Great Portland Street. And um, uh, in those days, the, the, the fashion business business was predominantly run by people from uh, from the Jewish religion. Uh, there were very few non-Jewish people, and there were a few Turks, and there were a few Greeks. It was it was beginning to open up. And then there was you. And then there was me. Well, I, I know that somewhere on 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 my grandmother's, uh, my father's mother's side of the family, I know that there is Jewish blood somewhere. And when I started in the in the, the, the rag trade, as it's called, I felt this. I felt very natural surrounded with Jewish people. I really did. And, and um, um, yeah, it, 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 it was very special. They were very special days. But one of the things that was always said to me by the older Jewish men who are probably my age now, 45 plus, they would always <laughs> say, Chris, your health is your wealth. And in the 70s, wow, that's what, nearly 50, 40 years ago? Uh, so, yeah, nearly 50 years ago. 74 was when I started. It didn't have a lot of meaning. But as I've got older, it really does. It, it really does mean something. Yeah. And yes, yeah. your health is your wealth. So who would like to take up on this? Well, this is absolutely something that uh, would resonate with our guest. Uh, episode 35, this was in October. And this was Alice Yates, who up until she was 50, was very healthy, just going about her life as normal. Uh, and then suddenly, and very unexpectedly, she became very unwell, and very unwell, very, very quickly, um, and life-threateningly un- unwell. And it took her a great deal of time to learn what was wrong with her, obviously with a lot of help from the medical professions, and restore her help. There were a lot of false starts, a lot of misdiagnoses. Um, but in her story, she describes, it was a very, very positive story, obviously, you know, she, she's, she's fine, she's well, she's fully recovered. But the point of her story is that it changed her career direction. She's now a diabetes specialist uh, and a, a nutritional therapist. And um, her mantra is, you know, we do have to take care of ourselves. You, you know, your health is your wealth is absolutely the perfect hashtag for this. And she works with people to encourage them to make small but very significant changes in their diets and develop healthier lifestyles, which can prevent a myriad of chronic illness and also help overcome chronic illness. I mean, it, you know, it goes back to that old adage, you know, our bodies are machines and what we put inside our bodies in terms of our food and our and our our drink, whether you know water or whatever, that's what fuels us. And if we put rubbish inside us, then we're going to get rubbish out. And so her, you know, key messages from her was 
it doesn't have to be complicated. I think she actually says this. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be really quite simple and it can be taken one step at a time. And drastic changes don't happen to be taken all at once either. One step Mm. at a time doing little things to help ourselves stay healthier as we age. Yeah. And she'd she'd come from a nursing background. Um, so she had and, and she had actually been in the in the diabetes mm. clinic, hadn't yeah. she, as a yeah. long while back. Uh, it, it, in the days before, and she says in the days before the whole pre-diabetic yeah. hashtag came about, um, you were either were or you weren't. And now we've got this whole um term. Uh, pre-diabetic and those are essentially the type of people that she works with because you know you're verging on becoming diabetic mm. and you've got that that time where you can perhaps just rewind the clock with a little bit of help from someone like Alice to, mean, to you know make things good I mean and that there's a prime example of how I mean she was 50 a young mm. lady um mm. I can relate to that with my wife um who was diagnosed with a severe form of ME and fibromyalgia in 1997, six months after we married, and it completely changed our life. Mm. She was then 43, 42. And um, uh, my wife, Miriam, had, had always uh, uh, been interested in nutrition. Health, health and well-being had been part of her life and still is. And you made a, a very important uh, point there, one of many, uh, Isla, which Miriam wrote um, uh, a saying a few years ago because it applies to her life and how we can make changes in, in her life. And it is one step followed by another step followed by. And, and I think that's all we need to do is um, when something happens in our life that is drastic and, and health matters can be drastic, in order to make the changes, just go step by step, get a little mm-hmm. bit of advice, try a little mm-hmm. and attain that, then attain a bit more and attain a bit more. And, uh, yeah, I think... I um, think that's, you know, a, a lot of things in life, and it's not just with, with health, it's, it, you know, anything, any goal... Yes. The, the the big picture is absolutely overwhelming. Yeah. And you know, sure. it, it puts many people off. Yeah. So doing these bite-sized chunks, you know, getting to the taking the the goals down into just that first step is so important and that is is the way forward for yeah, definitely. And, and there's and, a new there's a new hashtag Lisa. New hashtag. Hashtag bite-sized chunks. <laughs> there you go. Bite-sized this brings us to a very interesting hashtag priestess who would like to elaborate on that priestess this is our september storyteller amber carley who's a fascinating person because amber is a fifth generation vedic hope i've said that right tantric healer and she's a coach and a mentor and but where the priestess comes from is she is a priestess from India. Um, She is a master of energy flow and specializes in clearing energetic blocks, karma, emotional uh, trauma and mental obstacles. But her story was fascinating because 
She talks about her upbringing in India, surrounded with, uh, you know, generations of a family, all of whom are priestesses, growing up and learning these ancient um healing and meditation therapies, uh, which have been handed handed down through the ages. But she realised that that life was not for her. She was she was in a marriage, uh, uh, no, a toxic relationship. Well, yes, but her childhood was lovely, wasn't it? Yes. She had yes. lovely parents, and yeah. and you she took us through that, didn't she? The childhood yes. and 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 made us giggle because she was quite a strong willed child. But it was when yeah. she got married, wasn't it, that yeah. that things. Yeah, and she she describes what it was like being in this in this relationship. But she. And how she made the decision to carve out a new life. So she leaves India and comes to the UK with her baby daughter. So she can hardly speak English. She hardly had any money. She got the money together for her flight. And she says that she only had a big dream to hold on to. No money, no qualifications, no support. And she's built a business and a life for herself over here. She's she's married a fabulous man, she says, over here. And And what her key message was through the whole story is it, Whatever stage you're at in your life or whatever's going through, whatever you're going through in your life, it doesn't matter what people say. What matters is what you believe. And for me, that was such a powerful message. And and that running through her story, it's, it's yeah, a a fabulous story. So that was September's episode, episode 34, but I think that one. Yeah, I think you can come up with loads of hashtags for that one. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going to give you a, a hashtag, but it was something that I learned a number of years ago, uh, which you just related to uh, there, uh, Isla, is someone else's opinion is none of your business. Mm. Yeah. And when, so, I don't know who it was who said it to me, I can remember whenever that was, I thought, really? But you know what? It's so true. Someone else's yeah. opinion in you is none of your business. Get on with your life. If you're you're confident, you are who you are. Be confident and just carry on. And people will like you or they won't. Mm. Yeah. I'll put my hands and, up then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you, you can't get on with everyone. No, um, no. And I, it's not a good idea to try either because you just, I mean, up, it's, you just end up exhausting yourself and giving everything yeah. away. And I think we would agree, going back to hashtag health matters, mm. that if, in order to help other people, you've got to be able to look after yourself first and then you give to others. Yeah. So. That brings us on to another hashtag, productivity. I'm going to take this one again because this is yeah. Linda Garcia. Uh, and this was this is a very funny story because she says that she uh, she left to work abroad. Linda is a productivity specialist and um, she was following up on a, on a theme that we had, which was working abroad. But she she says that she went abroad as a young girl on, on her own with one suitcase and she for a six to eight month contract. And she returns home nine years later with a husband, two children, a 40 foot container and a car. Um, Wasn't but, there a dog thrown in somewhere as well? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but she shares so many funny stories about productivity and how different cultures expectations of productivity uh vary widely I mean she worked in Chile and and I'll just share a, a small snippet of one of her stories but she also worked in South Africa she's obviously worked over here and it's very interesting when she to hear how she compares these different attitudes towards productivity and 
she shares the story of when she just started over in Chile. So this was the six to eight month project that she was recruited to uh, go and work on. And part of what she has to do, she has to go and study and watch the workers uh, in the factory that that she was um, working for at a time. And she says that they, the workers in this particular uh, company, they were, were in the forest uh, and it was a um, log felling um uh, in uh, a company so basically what would happen is they used oxen to go and haul the logs down through the forest because obviously they were too big and the trucks couldn't get up there so they used oxen to go and haul these logs down so what would happen is the workers would go they'd start work about 8 30 in the morning but then they'd have to go and find the oxen that they let loose in the forest overnight so that they could <laughs> graze and whatever. So she says that it used to take about two hours to find these two or three oxen that were used, or maybe four, to find the oxen. So then, you know, they they would do that. They would get them together, tie them up against trees. And then Linda was like, right, OK, they're going to start work now, because by this point it's mid to late morning. no. The workers basically down tools, they sit down, they start building a fire and they start preparing their breakfast. <laughs> now, they don't actually even start work until, you know, very early, sort of, you know, midday. So this is quite incredulous to many cultures. Uh, so, you know, and she she just goes and she describes to the workforce, you know, well, this is what's happening. But that was expected and that was understood. And she starts saying, well, how can you be more productive? if this is what is the norm. So her whole story is about observing things from the outside, challenging the status quo. But she shares another story, which I encourage you to listen to, uh, which is about the um, family member of the CEO of the company. Because you can't make a judgment, basically, without understanding all the facts. Mm. So she says that you have to understand uh, everything. And she says... The take home message for me on this episode, on this particular episode was making sure that you understand your workforce, that you communicate properly. And by that, I mean effectively, which is two way. That's listening as well as talking uh, so that the communications are open and don't treat your workshop as a homogenous mass because everyone is different. Mm. So, yeah. It's a lovely story. I'm nodding all the way through there because I, <laughs> yeah, I can I'm, relate. I'm giggling. <laughs> I, I can relate to Linda's story. I have heard her story, and it is a wonderful story. And I can relate to it because, for example, when I started working out of the Far East, and I was in Korea and Taiwan, China, Thailand, that part of the world, and I and the point about listening is so key, both in, in life in general. But I had to learn and listen why a Korean would speak to me in such a way, because then in those days we used the phone. Uh, our phone bill per year was about fifteen to 18,000 pounds a year. I remember that. And that was back in the mid, mid 90s. But I would send emails and the emails had to be very brief and then they'd come back. Now, some people would say they were curt, but they're not. It's just the way they're taught. Just and when you talk to them, they talk, um, you know, Lisa, you've been to China and, and the, the Far East, they have a different approach to ours. Mm. The most important thing in life, the lesson that I took from working out of the Far East and in France, Italy, Germany, whatever, is if you take time to learn about the culture, if you take time to learn about the person who's speaking to you in the manner that they are, you may not understand it, you may not like it, but don't react to it. Just mm. step back and think about it. Mm. And, mm. and they have Be been... Aware. Yeah, exactly. 
huge, huge uh, lessons for me. And uh, but a fascinating, lovely story from Linda. And as you quite rightly said, went over there with a bag, and then came back with a big bag, a forty-foot container plus all the other bags. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, the, the husband. But I mean, the whole you know when she tells the story with the, the oxen, it just I mean, it made us giggle so much. The whole you know, she was like, well, "Why don't they just tie up?" The oxen the night before, and then they would need to spend two hours searching for them the next morning. They could save two hours, and then you know it was so clear and so uh, it was just you know very comical situation. Yeah, but point taken, and and, and a super example for for productivity. Yeah, <laughs> or improving your productivity. A great a great story. The next hashtag reminds me. It's very similar to to a wonderful album that I love by Level 42 called Running in the Family. But this Uh one is called Hashtag It Runs in the Family. Who would like to collaborate on that? Pick me. That's that's just, um, that's Gemma all over. Gemma Fairclough Haynes. We actually recorded with her just last month so that this is sort of new and fresh in my mind um Gemma comes from a very supportive family um her she mentions her mum her mum retrained at a later age and is just a she's a she's a super example of um well, a super mentor uh, as was her auntie auntie Sharon gets a really good mention and and we hear a story about Auntie Sharon. Um, she has an uncle as well. And, you know, she has been, I think, without probably realising it, but mentored all her life. <laughs> and she now in turns mentor, she, she returns that mentoring gift, probably without knowing it as well, because in the conversation after we've heard her story, we, we talk about kind of her stealthy leadership because she's gone on, she started her own business, she took that leap and she became a, an employer and she has led so many people. She's been very inspirational and but she kind of doesn't recognise that, which is really interesting. And I think that's just because that's the way she she has been brought up with that mentality, you know, you help other people and that's just part of what you do. So, you know, she's now mentoring her daughter. Her daughter has her own business at the grand age of 12. You know, it's it's amazing. But the story was basically, it, it, it gave us a little insight into the, the much younger Gemma who had decided and she she realizes now that, that perhaps that's where her entrepreneurial spirit began and she, she certainly it was a stage where she certainly realized that she had the um the gift of persuasion the art of persuasion she decided that she would arrange a little birthday party well not a birthday party she called it an exercise party for her and her friends at her house so she spent her time designing invitations and did a little RSVP, set the date, and she gave out these invitations at school, something to do, and then promptly forgot about it, basically. And it came to the summer holidays, and one day people started turning up at the house, and they were all coming for this party. 
And, you know, the first people that turned up, Gemma's mum was like, no, I think you've got the wrong, no, there's been some sort of uh, confusion. Uh, but then other people started turning up and then I think the the, the penny dropped and Gemma's mum was a very good sport and invited these people in and they had a little party. They had no food in, they were, you know, not prepared in any way, but she made it happen. And um, I think that was just sort of probably the day that she realised that she had a very strong-willed daughter yeah. <laughs> and and that's the way things were going to be from yes, then on. I agree, um, yeah, I completely but, agree. But, you know, she she is so um, focused, so focused, um, and it really is. She gave us so many tips on that day, didn't she, Isla? She was, mm-hmm. she, yeah, she was sharing all sorts of things. She, I mean, she openly admits I said to her, you know, what did you know about running a business when you started your business? And she said, nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. <laughs> but she took advice from other people. She spoke to other people. She followed the crowd in, in you know, she discovered networking. She'd never, she didn't know what networking was. I mean, coming from a corporate world, you don't get involved in that sort of thing, do you? So, you know, she, she started to network and her you know, the thing that she noticed from networking was that, okay, you might have to pay a tenner to go, but actually you're getting to learn about, you hear these speakers and you're getting to learn about how to use social media, you know, how to to run an office, how to be productive, how to, you know, sort out your processes. And you're getting all of that for a tenner. That's amazing. So she had this really good approach to everything that she did. And she just learned and took it on board bit by bit as we get going back to those gentle steps, bite-sized steps, and and built up her business. And at the time of recording, has five employees. And it's looking new ways for doing things all the time as well. So she's become a, a very good speaker within the HR world. She runs her own business called um, Orchard Employment Law. And is very successful with what she does. So, But lots of tips for a business owner within that as well i agree i was just looking at myself in the screen here lisa and i was like a nodding dog on the back of a shelf <laughs> because so many everything you were saying there i agree i i first met Gemma probably 10 years ago at, at a network meeting somewhere and i remember this quiet lady but there was something about her but the conversation one of a few but the one i remember was when I met her back in, I think it was 2016, and there was a networking event on at Brands Hatch, and she mm. was there with her husband. And I remember the three of us, we were having lunch together, and she was talking about what she was doing, uh, or setting up at the time, and I've watched her grow uh, in character. And, and, and yes, I think one of many out there, but uh, you are quite right about what you say about about Gemma um, and the hashtag sorry another one that I wrote down there was hashtag st- hashtag stealthy leadership because yeah. you're quite right she does it very quietly doesn't mm. she mm. there's no um she doesn't make anything of what she's doing she's very humble yes know? she is and she's she quite humble. taken aback if you listen to the podcast I, I mentioned yes. I put this to her that you know she was a leader you did and she was quite taken aback she didn't she wasn't she Isla she was she said oh I, I don't think of myself like yeah. that no 
she doesn't. Uh, and and uh, that's one of her many strengths. Yes. Because I think good leaders don't think of themselves as a leader. They think of themselves as part of a team, mm. in my opinion. Mm. And, uh, no, I mean, congratulations to her. I think she's doing extremely well. And uh, I'm sure we, you know, we all, uh, we wish her continued success. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that brings me to my final hashtag, hashtag, I'm having some problems with my teeth today. Hashtag. <laughs> Put them in. <laughs> They're in. And it is hashtag, which is very appropriate for the day, storyteller, which uh, yeah. you would like to yeah. elaborate on. Yeah, no, me, 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 me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, hashtag storyteller, yeah. Can also be hashtag filmmaker, hashtag hero, Um yeah, it was a lovely podcast, a very lovely podcast, something um, something different, I guess, but it really does sort of, and it's a good, good that you've left this to last, actually, because it really does highlight what we're trying to do on the business diaries. We are all about storytelling, and this was a storyteller telling a story. And I often say at the business diaries, these sort of, Stories sometimes make us laugh, sometimes teach us lessons, and sometimes make us cry. And this was one that definitely made me cry. Um, so I, I would like you to listen to it if you if you haven't already done so. But this was all about Hacks, filmmaker, real name Mike Hacker, but we we all know him as Hacks, and he had the the joy, I suppose, of growing up in Africa and being surrounded by stories um, and and nature and wildlife. And he he had a deep curiosity, he said, that led him to being a photographer. And then obviously one thing has, has gone on um, and he's got he's sort of found his way into filmmaking. But he told the story um a story that he had stumbled upon really and his curiosity led him to ask the question I wonder what that's about he saw a flag flying um at the village of Ham Street in Kent and he thought I wonder what that American flag is for and he he checked it out and his discovery was the story about a very brave young man um, called Lieutenant William Johnson. And basically that man saved the village of Ham Street from a, a major disaster. And, yeah, it was, it was really sad, um, but definitely worth listening to because even if it's just to recognise that the, the heroic antics of the day from that very young man I think he was only 23 um but you know after after the story we had the discussion obviously and Hacks was just full of um full of tips about getting your story across and how important storytelling is not just in business but in life and the history and and you know saying how there is literally a story waiting to be uncovered around the corner. And 
it just makes for such an interesting life. So it's a lovely one to end on. And yeah, it does make me feel a bit emotional. Yeah. It's, it's, we have to keep our eyes open. Yes. Just be around, look around us. Yeah, it's it's so true about storytelling. It is it's it's an important part of our life. Um uh reminiscence is something that um I'm going to be getting involved in for older people. There are so many stories that uh we won't have heard and that we will not hear if we don't get them recorded. And I relate to that because my father uh was in the Royal Artillery uh from 1945 to late 48. And he was uh, sent out to uh, India and uh, he became affiliated. The Royal Artillery became affiliated with the Indian Army and he became a second lieutenant. And then I believe, because I don't know the story, he was an acting captain at the time of partition. Um, And I know that he was involved with the Gurkhas and I've got all these little crinkle edged uh, black and white photographs, which he's marked with where he was. Uh, but I don't know the actual story. story All I remember is that yeah. he, he wouldn't talk in detail about what went on. And then probably like yourselves, having watched recent uh, uh, television documentaries on partition, I'm not surprised. But yes, yeah. storytelling is a huge part of our life. Um, they're wonderful in business. It gains people's attention. But they're also good fun in a social situation. We've all got stories. Um, and may we continue to have them, and may we continue to share them, especially on podcasts as such as the Business Diaries, because this is what it's all about. It is about helping other people, and by sharing a story, someone may just pick up a little nugget and think, that's me. Mm. Oh, and look what that person's gone on to do, or I wonder how that person achieved them. I'll contact them. And maybe yeah, I'll discuss absolutely. it a bit further. So, yeah, I, uh, to me, uh, storytelling is crucial for our daily lives, personally and in work. And um, I think the business diaries, um, you, I think you do it beautifully. I, I really do. I think it's, um, yeah. it's um, what's the word I'm looking at? It's not a service, but you're providing, um, uh, I can't think of the word, but you're providing. I'll take service. Service, yeah, maybe. You're providing, Story, hashtag storytelling service. Yeah, you're providing support for people out there. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, I think this year has proven to be uh, another in- incredible year and, and what it's been, a year, what a year it's been, both, you know, with the yeah. business diaries and let's be frank, with, what, with what's gone on in the country and, and in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the hashtag, uh, anyway, according to, to the media for the past year, is permacrisis. And, yes, uh, so I heard that. We, we, <laughs> I'm sure we could all add our own, and, and maybe we will now, because uh, um, I, I've come up with three, and uh, I believe that you've both come up with a couple as well, or maybe even three. So my three are hashtag community, hashtag volunteer, and hashtag help others, because of the world that I'm now living in, uh, down here in, in East Sussex and with what I'm doing out there in the community and what I'm setting up. And if you go and look at my LinkedIn profile, you will see at the top exactly what I'm setting up. So, Lisa, do you have one or two hashtags or maybe even three? Yeah, well, um, you know, as you alluded to, we could come up with a load of blooming hashtags for what's 
what's ha- just happened recently this year. Um, hashtag unbelievable, hashtag crazy. But um, moving on to 2023, the hashtag that I would love to share and um, it's just the one and that's going to be hashtag hopeful. Yeah. Yes, I think that's all we can be. You're, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Hashtag hopeful. And Isla, do you have one or two yep. you'd like to share? I do. I have three because I can't choose. She, 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 she always has a long list. When we do takeaways, she always has more than one. But they all go together. So in this, in this order, hashtag take action, hashtag start small. And my final one is hashtag I can, I will. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, that's it. I will. I will. Um, if you're going to do something, I will achieve this. And maybe the um, to finish off, the government might have one which is uh, hashtag integrity and stick <laughs> to it because integrity well, steady on, Chris. is crucial. <laughs> well, steady on. We, we all have integrity, so why shouldn't our MPs now come and have them? But on that note, maybe we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> listen, um, thank you very much. It, it's been a wonderful year again for storytelling. It really has. And I hope um, if you haven't listened to uh, one of the many podcasts that you will go and listen to them. So from me, um, I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas. As challenging as our times are, I hope that you will find a way to uh, bring some happiness into your life and into others. Lisa, Isla, I'm sure you have a message as well you'd like to share. Yeah, sure. Go on, Isla, you go. Just to thank everybody who's following us on social media at The Biz Diaries and thank you all for your comments throughout the year, joining in the conversations that we have on Facebook and Twitter. And thank you to all our subscribers for the year. I think that's, uh, and Merry Christmas to you all. Yeah. And I'd like to just add to, you know, many thanks to the people that helped make the podcast happen. We have the wonderful Paul Cheese, who has helped us with the jingle, but we're always, um, always offering us uh, inspiration and tips for sound and editing, etc. And then there's some chap called Chris Pollard that pops up every now and again, um, usually like when it's Christmas penny. time. Like an old penny. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you, Chris, for your time. My and pleasure. we do wish you enormous luck um, for, the, for the things that you're about to do with the sure. um, charity in 2023. So, yeah. Thank you very um, much. And we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, with some updates on that so yeah of course huge thanks to our supporters and our listeners and happy christmas and we'll see you in the new year bye for now bye-bye we're just popping in to say this episode brings us to the end of three years of recording the podcast and ira and i have had an absolute ball sharing all these business diary stories with you so isla tell us a little bit more what are we going to do Well, the first thing I want to say is we're not going to be away for long. So don't worry. We are just Mm -hmm. taking a short break and we're definitely going to be back because, yep, for sure, we love recording these episodes and digging deep into the stories of business owners. So please keep following us on social. We've got a plethora of stories over the last three years that you can go back and listen to many of the stories you hear different things the second time so please go back there's such an extensive backlist 
So just to finally say, we will return later in 2023. And thank you all for the comments you've shared with us over the years. And thank you for listening. We will be back. We will. Bye for now. Bye-bye. We hope you have enjoyed listening to this edition of The Business Diaries. We would love to hear your feedback. Please find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Biz Diaries.